This is the Luke 10-2 podcast, a conversation about preaching, planting, and leading with Noah Oldham. In today's episode, Noah will sit down with David Seaton, planter and pastor of Collinsville Community Church in Collinsville, Illinois, and they'll discuss planting in your hometown, evangelism, and what the church can learn from CrossFit. Let's get started. David, um, I've gotten to know you over the last several years and really, really been impressed with you as a just a guy in general, but a planter and pastor and father. Man, start off by telling us a little bit about your family. Yeah, so I am married to Emily. We met my senior year of high school in like March of 01, and so we've been together about 17 years. We've been married just over 14 years. We've got three kids. We have twin boys that are nine, Abram and Colton. Abram is like a spitting image of me, the way acts, looks, everything, mm-hmm. and he's like a ball full of energy. And then Colton is just like Emily. So it's like weird. we got two of each, and we have a daughter who's uh, 14 who we adopted through foster care, Jocelyn. She's uh, she's in eighth grade, and she's she's just a really sweet girl, and has came a long way since we were able to adopt her. It's been really cool. And it's really been great to get to know your family. You got to have dinner recently, and it's to sit with them and interact uh, has been awesome. I know that church planting is not just a planter's job; it involves the entire family. Uh, man, ha- how have you seen God shape your family in the last season through church planting? I think my wife is definitely where Emily's been stretched to take up new leadership roles where before she just served where the church needed her and now she's she's had to you know step up and lead in some different capacities which is stretching her that's something that she she likes to be behind the scenes she still is kind of behind the scenes but she's leading uh, our like preschool ministry and she's teaching a small group so that that's been really cool but I think for our kids too it's letting them see what it's like to really live on mission. Mm-hmm. Um, Abram just last Christmas took half of his Christmas money, so over $100. He was eight years old at the time, and he has set it aside so that he could buy Bibles and take them to our neighbors and wow. and reach the people that live around us. Like wow. it's it's catching on. They they take invite cards to church or to the school from the church and. They're inviting the, all three kids. Invite their teachers or friends to church. You know, they 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 get it. They get that we're on mission. Man, that's incredible. David, tell us about your church. So we are just over two years since we launched uh, Collinsville Community Church, and it's here in my in my hometown. We're doing really well. Uh, we're it's a I think we're a unique church in that we're just very transparent and real try to be very gospel-centered. We just took our first international mission trip to Southeast Asia with a team of six, and um, it's, it's going good. We're seeing new people come to know Christ. We're, getting, we're reaching the community, serving in the community where things are already kind of taking place. We're going to where things are already happening in the city of Collinsville instead of asking people to come to us, so it's, it's going well. Awesome, man. You guys really do. You guys are living missionally and not just attractionally. I love that about your church. What's really cool about you, David, is that you planted in your hometown. Uh, that's unique, especially for me. I parachuted into St. Louis having not really known the city most of my life, uh, but you planted in your hometown. Talk to us a little bit more about your call to plant in your hometown. Yeah, so 
I, I was a, when I got into ministry, I loved doing student ministry. Never thought I would get out of student ministry until someone would be like, hey, you're too old. Get out of here. You can't do this anymore. <laughs> but through mission trips to Uganda when I was at my sending church as a youth pastor, God really started to shape my heart that just, okay, growing a large student ministry is not the end all. You know, there's lost people that need, that are not hearing the gospel. And so the SEND initiative through NAM was taking, you know, getting a lot of momentum. So I started looking into it and I noticed uh, on the map of St. Louis that Collinsville being a suburb of St. Louis was a dot on the map that is a potential church plant. And just growing up here, like I couldn't reconcile that at first. I kind of thought it was almost stupid, to be honest with you. I was like, no, there's plenty of churches in Collinsville. They don't need any more churches. And, and I talked to Sammy, the, my sending church pastor where I was on staff, and I told him, you know, maybe one day if I'm not doing student ministry, I could plant. But he goes, oh, you're not ready yet. I wasn't ready. But God kept shaping my, my heart and shifting where my desires were at. And so we had a conversation one time. He's like, maybe I'll just look into what it would look like to plant a church. And like, what's the process? How long would it take? And so I did. And I didn't want to go to Collinsville. I wanted to go to Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City is considered an unreached people group. And so an unreached people group in North America, that was really intriguing. And I really didn't want to move back to the St. Louis area. I just I was like kind of over being here. And uh, God just kept drawing me back to Collinsville. And I started considering, well, what churches are in Collinsville? I was like, oh, maybe there's not such a strong gospel presence. And then I'm sitting in a basketball game in Benton, Illinois, where I was on the, the city I was serving at the time. And a friend of mine from that I was friends with from grade school all the way through high school calls me and says, hey, I'm in town in Benton. He still lives in Collinsville at the time. I'm in town. Do you want to get lunch? And I was like, what are you in town for? He goes, well, I sell insurance. And we hadn't seen each other in years. And so we get lunch the next day. I talked to him about how I may come back to Collinsville, plant the church. I shared the gospel with him. He go, And his response was, he goes, David, have you ever thought about buying secondary insurance, like cancer insurance? And I said, no, it's just not on my radar. I'm 32 years old. Why would I buy cancer insurance? He goes, well, that's how I feel about God. God's not on my radar. But if you move back to Collinsville and start a church, I'll be there day one and help you in any way I can. Wow. And I was like, okay, I guess I don't need any more evidence that God wants me in Collinsville. Someone is already telling me they'll come to the church and they're but they're not, a state, they're not saved. And so, kind of fast forward, he has since been saved, baptized, his now wife saved, baptized, and his wife, her grandpa and grandma started coming to our church. Her great-grandpa, so like this whole family, is the one who led me to Christ and baptized me, oh, wow. and I had no idea as I, it was all working out. Yeah. So it's just a really cool story. Man, that is awesome. Man, yeah. God really worked a tapestry of grace through that. It's really interesting because part of my call is when I was wading through the call to plant a church, I sat down with my best friend from high school on his front porch. He had grown up in the church and walked away. He was living out uh, in California, was home visiting family, and he was just dogging on the church because I was now on staff at a church. And I was considering the call to plant, and he was telling me just how bad the church was. He's a musician. He said, man, church music is horrible. Sermons have nothing to do with anything in my life. And I told him, well, you can either look at it as it's bad and needs to be fixed and do it the way God intended, or you can walk away and have nothing to do with it. And he looked at me square in the eye. I don't think he understood what he was saying. He said, if you planted a church like that, like I described to him, he goes, I would come to it. And God used that. It's amazing how God used a similar thing in your life. Man, I love that. 
David, one of the things I'm most impressed with about you is that you have a heart for evangelism. Every t- you might not even recognize this, but every time I talk to you, you're telling me about lost people. Uh, I don't, again, I don't know if you recognize that, but every time we talk, you're telling me stories about people that you know who don't know Christ that you're sharing the gospel with. And dude, that encourages me and that challenges me. And uh, what I love about your story too is that you're finding ways to live out the gospel and to be an evangelist uh, in some arenas that pastors aren't typically known for being in, specifically the arena of fitness. You're, a, you're an avid CrossFitter. I wish this was on video so people could see how avid CrossFitter <laughs> yeah. you are. But tell us, man, tell us about, uh, tell us about CrossFit culture, uh, why you're involved in it, and how you see that as a mission field. Yeah, so I've been doing CrossFit for a little over five years, and I really just got into it because some friends had bugged me when I was still living in Benton to come try it. And I noticed being a pastor, I was starting to get a little out of shape because I, like, I was eating pizza all the time with youth. That's all I did. It was like <laughs> eat pizza and hang out, you know, and like I didn't get any exercise. So it's like, okay, something's got to change. And the, one of the most attractive things I think about CrossFit is the, the community it creates. Like that, that's, that's central to a successful CrossFit box is that they have good community because you're getting something you don't get in a typical Globo gym. You're going, there's a class, usually everyone goes about the same time every day, so it's like this routine and you've got this 10 to 15 people that you are doing, like you're spending a lot of time with them. I mean, every day you're there for an hour to an hour and a half with these same people you're sweating with them, you're suffering with them, in a sense. I mm-hmm. mean, so, like, it just was really attractive to me. And there, I like regimented things. And so, like, I don't have to come up with what I'm going to do to work out. So I just started going, and I never really saw as a mission field so much until I was about a year in. And then I started noticing there in Benton, which is almost like the Bible Belt, in a sense, there, that people just assume they go to church. But I started noticing all these people that, in this small town that weren't going to church anywhere, I started sharing the gospel with them and talking to them and getting them to come to church. And that helped influence me to plant a church. It's like, there's people not getting reached. Mm. And so when I got to Collinsville and started doing CrossFit there, I just realized, like, man, there's a lot of people here. And this is a really lost group of people. Like, there's very little Christians there at mm. all. And I just build relationships with them. I don't push Jesus every time I talk to them. But I, I, there's one guy in particular that it, it took, it's been three years before he came to church. Mm-hmm. It only came once, but I, I see it as a win because it's the first step. Yeah. I, I, and so I just keep building those relationships with people. I've, I'm not sure, I think five or six people I've got to lead to Christ from yeah. there, I think. And some other families who, have, who were like kind of on the fringe of church who started at least coming to church on a regular basis now. Yeah. So what's been really encouraging to me is uh, for the last year or so, you have been helpful to me in my fitness journey as I've been pursuing the Lord and holiness with my, my diet, my exercise. And so I've been around your CrossFit box a little bit, some events for novices and partner workouts you've invited me to. And one of the things I've loved to see is that these people, many of them look to you as their pastor, even though they're not a part of your church yet. Some of them are, some of them aren't, but they look to you like that. They honor you like that. I remember recently um, you had uh, a PR that you posted online that you, that you hit, and it was a pretty impressive PR, and people were commenting underneath there, that's my pastor, I'm proud of this guy. And, and when I was there in your environment, I saw the love that you had for the people and, the, and that the people had for you. And I think, man, that's just tremendous. And I think so many of us can learn from that. 
Another thing I think we can learn from that is I've been watching you in CrossFit culture and been studying it a little bit more myself, is there seems to be a lot of parallels between CrossFit culture and what healthy Christianity can and should look like according to Scripture. What are just a few of those parallels that you see that the church could really look into this otherwise secular cultural thing called CrossFit and be challenged to follow the Lord more closely? Yeah, that really hit me um, when I first got to, to the CrossFit box that I'm at now. There was um, a thing on the wall, a, a dry erase board of why do you do CrossFit? And some of the reasons people were writing down, you would almost think the question could have been, what happened when you got a relationship with Jesus? Wow. Like that, like it was like, well, I was dead, and now I'm, I, I feel like I have a life again, or this has completely changed my life, and I, I know what it means to be happy. And I was just like, this will, I think fitness is so important. I, I, God has given us these bodies. We take care of them, but this will end. This is just temporary body. We're going to get a new body and, and be with God forever. So I, I was like, man, like, there's so much more. So I, I see that. It's like it has that impact on people's lives that it's changing. It really is changing their lives. People are getting in shape. They're, they're, they're leaving sickness behind and going towards health. And so you see that when you le- you're leaving death behind and going to life uh, with the church, with, with, the, with the gospel. But then you have this tight-knit community. You have a, a coach or the owner of the CrossFit box is, is kind of like the, the lead pastor. And then you have other coaches, be like the associate pastors in different areas. But to be a good CrossFit coach and box owner, you need to be, you know, entrepreneurial. You need to be relational. You need to keep on people and their disciplines. So you're in your, in your, you're writing the programming. So equivalent to like writing a sermon, you got to give a good healthy diet where you're mixing up the workouts so that people aren't just getting what you like to do. So it'd be like expository preaching. You're preaching through a whole book of the Bible. So people are getting the whole counsel of God. So here you're getting the whole, Council of CrossFit, in a yeah. sense. So, and then everyone's working towards the same end goal to be fit. And in church, everyone should be working towards the same end goal to bring God glory and to advance His kingdom. Yeah. So there's just so many parallels there. And I think what the church could learn from it is that we need to have that kind of relationship with one another. Like, I, I can call someone out at CrossFit because they're being lazy or they're not doing the movement right and they're trying to cheat their reps uh, much easier than I feel like I could call someone else out at church because they're living in habitual sin. And it would be received well at CrossFit, like, hey, dude, don't, yeah. don't short those reps or you didn't go below parallel on that squat. But if I'm like, hey, stop looking at porn, they're like, mind your own business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it, yeah. it, they're, that's, the church needs to learn like, to have that kind of transparency, accountability, and real community. Sometimes, like, our community, like, we see them for an hour on Sundays. CrossFit, I'm seeing these people five, six days a week. Yeah. One of the things I've loved the most is every workout in CrossFit is scalable. Even for people who have uh, functional inabilities, who, who have to, to scale things completely because they're in a wheelchair or they have limbs that don't work properly, everything is scalable. And so if someone comes into a CrossFit box, everyone's excited they're there, and they want to help them grow in their ability to, to engage with the CrossFit culture. And one of the things I've been challenged by in the church is often we expect somebody, the moment they get saved, to do everything perfectly. And if not, we're disappointed with them. 
But instead what I've seen is, is this culture of CrossFit of cheering people on. The person who finishes last gets the most amount of applause. And then when somebody uh, doesn't, doesn't uh, hit all the expectations in a workout, everybody together is encouraging them, next time you're going to. This week is what you hit, next week you're going to do better. I, I love that. I think the church can learn so much from it. And David, I just have one more question for you. For those who are listening who may want to partner with you or may want to, uh, to come to get to know you, what is one of the ways that a church, a supporting church, could partner with Collinsville Community Church? Well, like I was talking about, CrossFit has real relationships, and the church should have real relationships, real transparent relationships. The best partner churches that I've had I've formed real transparent relationships with them where I could call the pastor and I could talk to them and they can be like, that's a really bad idea or no, that's awesome. Way to go. Keep it up. I obviously as a church planner, we could always use prayer. That's number one. Like mm-hmm. we need prayer. There's nothing more powerful than prayer. We need money. That's a, that's a mm-hmm. given. Like we're church planners. So we mm-hmm. got to have money to make things happen. And when you're reaching unchurched and non-Christians, and that's who the bulk, they don't know how to give yet. They're learning. Yeah. Um, so they're getting there. So we, we need money to make our ministry happen. We need people to come and serve alongside of us in different capacities uh, throughout the city by doing, uh, we do VBS out in the parks. We don't do it at our building. We do it out in the parks. We help clean up in the city and do different things so people can come. But really, churches that care about us, churches that will call and see how we're doing, who know what's going on in Life Collinsville Community Church. So when they do pray for us, they're not just some generic prayer like, hey, God, bless Collinsville Community Church and the work they're doing in Collinsville. They're like, no, we know that David's really struggling with this right now. He, you know, he lost their drummer or whatever, you know, like, so that's, that's it. I, yeah. that's, that would be key. Real true relationship, man. I love that. I'm going to be praying that God will bring more of those partners to Collinsville Community Church and to all of our church plants in St. Louis. David, thank you for joining us today. This episode of the Luke 10 podcast, asking God to do big things in and through your life. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Luke 10 podcast. For more information about the SEND network in St. Louis, visit SENDSTL.com.